is our home. When, I, when we were um, in Fiji, it was quite windy for a few of the days. And I wanted to read my book and I was like, I'm in Fiji. This scenery is like spectacular. I must be outside. I am not going and sitting in my room. I must be outside. But of course, it was very windy, only for some of the time. And I was like, but I've got to be outside. I'm not wasting this vista in front of me, appreciating all of it. So I'm like, I've got to read my book outside. I'm outside. The pages are like, <laughs> I'm like in the hammock. <laughs> but I'm appreciating the vista. <laughs> um, and what I needed, what I needed in that moment, and I visualised myself doing it, setting up some sort of wall uh, that would angle it specifically um, to block that wind that was coming at me. And if I could set up a wall, it was all in my mind, of course. There were no walls, unfortunately, to build at the time. I just had to deal with it. Um, but I needed a wall. I needed a refuge from the wind out there to look at the scenery to appreciate it but I needed a refuge to keep me away from all that wind that was ruining it we're going to talk today about God being our refuge what is God he is our refuge and um I think that I'm going to be preaching to the choir um for a lot of this a lot of people go through a lot of stuff um and it's either you're in the refuge or you're swallowed up by the waves, yeah? Uh, I want to show you some pictures. I found this um, really interesting, amazing photos. Um, these pictures, this is a lighthouse and it's in Brittany in, out in Europe. Um, they get huge, huge storms. So this is the lighthouse regular, right? It's a beautiful lighthouse. It's quite tall. If you look at the scale of the rocks and then how big it is and all that. All right, so on the 21st of December in 1989, it was a while ago, some of you may already have seen these pictures and know this story. Um, a front of low pressure coming from Ireland brought gale force winds and huge waves. Those waves were 20 to 30 metres high. So what? If that is what, three metres high? Yeah. So ten times that. Can you, are you getting the, the height of those waves? Are you mocking my maths here? <laughs> So yeah, even more than 10 times that height. They were the waves, all right? It's tricky because the scale. Okay, so this is a this is look at that man. Who here has seen these photos before? They're amazing. Um so there was this photographer who did lighthouse photography a lot, and, and he was floating around in a helicopter just taking photos. And then he's he um zoomed in and there was this man. With the 20 to 30 metre waves, right? <clears throat> He's there in the doorway of the lighthouse. The helicopter um, hovered around and took shots. Um, uh, and then Theodore Malgorn heard the helicopter and went downstairs to see what was happening. At that very moment, a giant wave rose over the rear of the lighthouse. You can see that, yes? Are there other pictures in between those two pictures? <laughs> There we go. This is what happened moments afterwards. The man was outside the lighthouse and there. Where's the door gone? It's gone. What he did, he went out, he heard the helicopter, and then he was like, whoa, back inside. Quote from him, it says, um, in an interview he said, if I had been a little further away from the door, I would not have made it back into the tower and I would be dead today. You cannot play with the sea. <laughs> and we know that you can't. Now, I bring these photos because they're 
amazing photos. Uh, he won awards for these photos. Mm. Obviously, look at the power of those waves. Mm. And that man standing right there. And then the wave wraps around it as he just quickly gets inside the door. Woo! I challenge you today. Are you a man who is hanging outside of the door of the lighthouse? Mm. Are you choosing to jump out of the lighthouse into the waves? Or are you a person who is choosing, metaphorically, to make God your refuge like that lighthouse there? We can go either way. There's, we all have choices. Yes, God set it up with choices. We can choose to make God our refuge or choose not to make him our refuge. I'm going to have a look at Psalm chapter 62. It's a great, great chapter uh, in the Bible. And uh, let's just read the, it together. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, picturing that lighthouse kind of thing. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to, better, to batter him like a leaning wall or tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah, which is a word for pause, you know, take a moment to consider all that. So he's going on, and it's either David or Moses who have wrote, written this psalm. He's going on as like, people... People are at me all the time. I don't know what's going on in your life or what has gone on or if it's circumstances or if it's people, but sometimes you feel like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. We have a, we have a leaning fence at the moment. It's leaning a bit. needs to be brought up. Um, and sometimes you feel like a leaning fence. How long are they going to keep coming at me? It's just so, it's too much for me. Then he goes again. He goes, all right, so this is a circumstance, but then he says, for God alone, Oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Now, it's interesting. He says at the stop, I shall not be greatly shaken, as in I might be a little bit shaken. And then he goes on to say, I shall not be shaken at all. Faith has risen up in him between writing those two, <laughs> those two stanzas. I shall not be shaken. And, you know, it's a funny thing. Like people, if you don't understand like worship and stuff like that, when you express something, so say even in a relationship there, if I never um, express any gratitude for everyone, if I never think, talk out loud about how good Evan is, which is amazing, you know, that, that almost reinforces me to believe it again and reinforces it to believe it again. It like cements it inside me. It's the same with God. If anyone ever had a journal and you write, the good things about God, counting every blessing, looking at the good things, uh, once again expounding on how the Lord is our fortress, and you go back there again, it actually cements it inside you. It actually raises your faith. It's a funny thing that happens in us, but we can see it here. He's gone, oh, shall not be greatly shaken. And then he, like, declares it again, that God is my fortress, and I, you know, and he is my rock. I shall not be shaken. Sometimes we just need to talk it out. Because we may not, go, we may go. I am overwhelmed like a fence falling down, and you need to speak it out again that God is your rock, God is your fortress. He has not changed. Who has changed? Yeah. You have changed. Yeah. He does not change. <laughs> speak it out again so get the faith up again. All right. Next, um, next part of the chapter. 
It goes on to say, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. Who here is struggling? Don't put your hand up. Struggling to trust God at the moment. Sometimes we go through seasons where it's tricky. Somebody might be in a season. Now someone might be reflecting on a time that they did struggle to trust. Oh, people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He's our super strong lighthouse. Get inside that door. Don't hang around outside the door where you may be swept away by a wave. God is a refuge for us. Now, I love that it goes into this. Read this with me. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. In other words, rich, poor, you know, put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Because what is it all in the end? It's nothing in the end. So it's a challenge to some people here who may have set their hopes in their riches. <laughs> I have a way. I can offload that uh, distraction in your life. <laughs> in my biggest hand, he does it. <laughs> set not your heart on riches. Once God has spoken to us, have I heard this, that power belongs to the Lord, to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. He's like that, the love of God is like that lighthouse. The waves may come pounding 20 to 30 metre waves, but it's steadfast, not going anywhere. It stays firm. The man may be choosing to be outside of the lighthouse. He may be jumping off the rails into the water, but the steadfast love of the Lord remains the same. We choose whether we want to be in that love or not. It's totally our own decision, completely our own decision. So my challenge is when life becomes uncertain, what do you do? When world events threaten to change our lives, how do you handle it? Uh, when relationships crumble, as they sometimes do, who do you then turn to? When pain and hurt threaten to derail every thought in your mind and you can't move on from it, what is your solution? Do we jump inside the lighthouse and close the door behind us? Or do we jump into the waves and swim away from our lighthouse? I suggest maybe the lighthouse is a better option in this circumstance. So, you might be saying, so what is God our refuge from? So he's a big, strong refuge, yes? I've got, now, God is a refuge from many things, many, 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 many things. But I will focus on three this morning. What is God a refuge from? From number one, he is a refuge from your guilt. Now, some people this will apply to more than others. I think that there's some personality that tend towards guilt rather than others. Some uh, <laughs> struggle with uh, a lack of guilt, <laughs> but some people find it very difficult to move on from a decision or a mistake that they've made. And um, they almost want, they feel so bad they need to jump outside the lighthouse because they can't accept that they are allowed in the lighthouse. Um, you're allowed in. Everybody's allowed in. It's like when Jesus died on the cross. I'm trying to explain this to my scripture kids, I don't get it. They're like, don't you have to be good to get to, get to heaven? I'm like, well, you know, 
Actually, no, that's not the prerequisite. Jesus was dying on a cross next to a man, another man who was dying on a cross, because that's how they did it those days. Uh, a bit brutal. Um, and this guy deserved to be on the cross, and he calls out to Jesus, and Jesus is like, hey, all right, you'll, be, you'll see me in paradise. Did that guy have a chance to uh, say sorry to all the people he hurt, to return the, the goods that he stole, to, I don't know, amend for all of his mistakes? He did not. He did not have enough time. He was dying. But he called out to Jesus, and Jesus was like, tomorrow, yeah, today, you will see, be with me in paradise. Forgiveness of sins. Boom. He allowed him in the lighthouse. He didn't deserve to be in the lighthouse, but he let him in. Quick, quick, because, man, your wave's coming. It's going to take everything out because you're about to die because you're on a cross. You're allowed in the lighthouse. There's no special badge you need to get in the lighthouse. Everybody's in the lighthouse. There's no stain on you that will that will keep you out of the lighthouse. Are you getting where I'm getting? Yeah. Every The door is open for us all to come in the lighthouse. You need to take the step to go in the lighthouse or not. Completely your own decision, but the door's open to you. All right. So we have refuge from the guilt that comes from our past bad decisions, from our even more recent bad decisions. We go, oh, man, I stuffed up again. Ah, I don't want to stop. I want to move on from that. And, I mean, it's in the Bible. Paul goes on about, oh, this constant struggle in ourselves. We want to do good. But we do, oh, da, 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 da. You know what? The door's still open to us even in that struggle. Yeah. And I want to remind you that as far as the east is from the west, I'd suggest that's pretty far. <laughs> so far has he removed our transgressions, our wrongdoing from us. It's gone. With repentance comes complete clean slate. It's gone. Don't hold on to it anymore. Now, I have an example of somebody who refused to jump in his lighthouse in his situation. Uh, and this was quite from quite a long time ago. It was in 1829. And two men, uh, it was George Wilson and James Porter. Some people may know this story already. They robbed a United States mail carrier. And both of them were captured. They went to court. They were both found guilty. Um, and they were guilty of robbery of the mail and putting the life of the driver in jeopardy and a bunch of other charges. They received their sentences. One was executed by hanging. Lovely, right? So he's done. Unfortunately, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> we just won't delve into punishment. It's not a topic we will cover today. But the other guy still hadn't um, had his sentence carried out. Um Influential friends of this second guy, his name was Wilson, pleaded for mercy to the President of the United States on his behalf. And the President issued a formal pardon. Whoa. Dropping all charges. Whoa. He did, however, have to serve a 20-year prison term for other crimes he had previously committed. <laughs> this man is not a good man, right? 20 years. 20 years or, you know, execution. Um, uh, so he was pardoned, right? George Wilson refused the pardon. No, thank you. How annoyed would you have been if you were those friends who asked the president for the pardon? Take the stupid pardon, man. <laughs> Wilson chose to, and I quote, wave and decline, and in the official report, wave and decline any advantage or protection which might be supposed to have arisen from the pardon. Wilson stated that he had 
nothing to say and did not wish in any manner to avail himself in order to avoid the sentence. Thank you very much. The US Supreme Court was in disarray because that had never happened before. Uh, <laughs> so then they had to like figure out what do you do if a pardon is officially given and then they didn't refuse the pardon. Um, they said that in the end, a pardon is an act of grace proceeding from the power entrusted with the execution of the laws. But delivery is not completed without acceptance of said pardon. It may then be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered and we have no power in a court to force it on him. In other words, as a Supreme Court, if a pardon is given and the pardon is rejected, we cannot then force them to avoid their own execution. You wouldn't think that it would need to come to that point that a decision is handed down in regards to that sort of subject area, but Wilson did receive his penalty and, yes, he was executed. Don't know what was going on in his mind. Who knows? Uh, But my point is, are you Wilson... And are you choosing to waive and decline the pardon? Thank you. No, thank you. I would not like the grace afforded to me. (laughs) That was probably quite difficult to get to start with. I don't think presidential pardons, uh, even back then, are very common. Uh, No, thank you. I would not like the pardon. Are we refusing God's pardon? He says, as far as the east is from the west, so I have... So I have separated you from your sins, your wrong, your transgression. So why do we then keep going, oh, but it's like hanging over my head and I'll never escape it and I'm so sorry and I feel so guilty and condemned about it. No, we have been pardoned. Do not be like Wilson who says, no, I can't accept that. It's gone. Accept the pardon and move on because it's too heavy a burden to bear. And that's why Jesus came to take the burden away. Accept the pardon and get in the lighthouse. Don't think, oh, maybe Wilson thought, oh, I'm so bad. I deserved I deserved to die, which, you know, well, I'm going to make no comment, but maybe, who knows? I don't know. Um, and he jumped out into the waves and took the punishment. Don't be a Wilson. When someone like Jesus has paid the giant price for you, accept the pardon, accept it. All right, number two, uh, he is a refuge from doubt and fear. Now, I think in our culture um, that doubt um, about the Lord is probably one of the most pressing issues Christians face. We are living in this, like, um, very uh, cerebral um, society where everything needs to be rationalised. There's not a lot of faith. I mean, there's... And I think that we are sometimes feel pressed, constantly pressed, um, in our minds. And what I've come to say is that God is a refuge in that. Amen. Sometimes we get overwhelmed trying to understand everything because society tells us if you don't understand everything, then you don't know enough to make a call about that. You know what I mean? Um, but actually it talks about in the Bible a lot about faith. Now, we, we don't walk around going, cut my head off, I don't need my brain anymore because I believe in God. But it's this mix of understanding the word but then also supplementing that with faith, faith as well. And we need faith. And sometimes faith feels like all we have. Get into that lighthouse with your little bit of faith and it's enough. Sometimes doubting God, even doubting his existence, 
And then sometimes the flip side of that is now you feel really guilty because you do love God, but you've doubted even that he even exists and you think maybe I'm just like trapped in this like, oh, I don't even know what I believe and it's all too much. You know what? Just get in the lighthouse. <laughs> just get in there. Give up sometimes. And that's why it says in that psalm, I silently wait. I just silently wait. It was too much for him. Um, and sometimes you just got to give up, climb into the refuge and know that you don't need to figure out the storm. You don't actually need to understand it. Now, I know on the flip side you say, oh, well, that's, you know, religion just like getting you all mixed up in your, you know, and it's, there's no escape because then you need cover from all angles and all that. You know what? So be it. If somebody wants to believe that, so be it. But for me, I'm going to have faith in a loving, steadfast refuge of God yeah. who I look at my own body and I'm like, that cannot have been created by an accident. I can look up at the stars and, the, and consider the galaxies and think us with our life on this planet in this gigantic, and I think, no, there's got to be more than that. There's got to be more. And I look in the word and it all makes sense and I sense the Holy Spirit in my life and I go, you know what? I'm going to jump in that lighthouse. Yeah. This makes sense to me. Even though my brain is seriously like a giant storm and I'm outside the door of the lighthouse and I'm being battered by the wind, I go, you know what, I'm just going to close the door and get back in my lighthouse. And I'm going to go, you know what, there's things that I don't understand. It talks about in the Bible that God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. In other words, we have limited understanding. He says, neither are my ways your ways. So when you go, oh, but that must mean I can see that happening on earth. So if God let that happen, then he, he mustn't be who he says he is. And he, You know what? God's ways are not our ways. <laughs> if you want to um, have a little bit of a slap to your face, read the book of Job and get right to the end. And when Job goes, hey, it's all so unfair, and God, and God goes, well, you know, where were you when the world, world was created, mate? <laughs> but then he extends mercy at the same time. It's this flip coin of like a parent who goes, no, mate, I've got the boundaries and I understand what is best for you, but I do actually just love you and adore you. It's the same, it's the same vibe you get from God as you do from a good parent. Okay, sometimes... We just need to sit silently. Sometimes we just need to get in our lighthouse. Stop trying to figure it all out and just pour out your struggles to God. It says in, in the psalm back there, it says, if I can find where it says in that verse, pour out, pour out. There we go. Trust in him at all times that people pour out your heart before him. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this, but when I let it all out to God, actually what's been going on in my brain, like not what I know I'm meant to be saying to God, but actually what's been going out on in there, suddenly I find it a release. Amen. That's right. So if you are struggling with anxiety, even about... God and your relationship with God and guilt and like even all of the tormenting thoughts of, you know, what if it isn't real? Come to God and just let it all out. He's not intimidated by your doubt. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. Yeah. You're not intimidated. You're not the first one. You won't be the last. <laughs> just get over yourself. You're not that yeah. special. <laughs> and that's why he gives us the word to encourage 
encourage us again. That's why it gives us community to encourage each other. And that's why it gave us the Holy Spirit to walk with us literally every single day. Um, let's just pour it all out to God. Pour it all out when it gets too much and get in your lighthouse and be honest with God. And then as the psalm goes back and then it goes back and it goes, you know what, I'm going to choose faith again. Speak that out again. Speak it out again and be like, you know what, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back there. And then your faith kind of rises again. Um, But I challenge you, do it yourself. Don't just listen to me. Oh, that's not for her. That's a strategy there. Yeah, but I'll do my own own way. Really do it. Do it. Speak out what is on your heart to God. Stop trying to hide. (laughs) All right. And then... For my third one, I chose that God is a refuge from our pain and hurt that we will inevitably encounter in this world. I'd say that everybody in this room has been really hurt by something or someone. I'd I'd say, oh, I'd have to be close to 100%, has had a friend betray them, a family betray them, you know. People turn on each other. Um, business arrangements go south. Um, circumstances happen in life where it is excruciatingly painful. Illness, um, death. And sometimes you can feel completely suffocated by it. Just suffocated. My encouragement this morning is let us remember that no matter what happens in our lives, big things, small things, God is our refuge and strength a very present, he's a present help in trouble. Not a distant help in trouble, not like a a pine sky vague idea. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Are you in trouble at the moment? You might be in trouble in the future. Call on the Lord who can be your refuge and strength. He can actually be your lighthouse. You actually can get inside there and just relax and breathe again when you felt so suffocated. And God is not, God wants us to treat him like that. He doesn't go, oh, you should be strong. Go out in those waves and swirl around a little bit and we're going to test you. He actually, we talk about God being a refuge for us all through the Bible. He wants us us to treat him as a refuge just like and okay the example because it's my life just like a parent would want a child to be honest to say what's going on like what's really going on when they finally say what's really going on you're like oh here we go now we're like easy and we can figure it out we can you know and maybe you can't change the circumstance but you know at least i can comfort you in your in your stress and your hurt god is the same get in the lighthouse get in there because and let it all out (laughs) The bad things, the good things, honesty with God is so integral for a relationship with the Lord. All right. So what do we do then? We, in summary, we sometimes need to stop fighting and accept that we are in a refuge. (laughs) And that the refuge is there and the refuge exists and the refuge is there for us to just get inside and we need to accept the pardon (laughs) and just get in there. We need to talk to God, get it off your chest, and we need to trust that he is all-knowing and all-powerful. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. God doesn't operate in fear. He operates 
it, in, in, in power and love and a sound mind. All right, let's pray. God, we do thank you that you are there for us when we need you. I thank you so much. We uh, kind of reflect on times in our life where we know we've been in that lighthouse and you have kept us safe. And we just want to say thank you so much, Lord, for that. God, help us to uh, keep you as our refuge. Help help us to get inside the door, Lord. I pray that um, you would help us to realise when, um, when your help is available and we're not using it. Flag it in our brains. Remind us again that you're there for us, Lord. And I, yeah, help us. Help us in our um, weakness. Help us in our doubt and unbelief. I thank you, God, that you are enough for us, and that you um, love us so deeply, and that we can be safe in you. Amen. All right, that's all I've got for this morning.